Welcome to another episode of the Milwaukee Sports Performance Podcast. We talk about all things related to athletic performance, rehabilitation, and wellness. My name is Michael Falk, and I'll be hosting this episode, and I am not joined by a guest today. I'm going to share my thoughts on the sports performance trends that I think we're going to see in 2022. This is just from talking to people in the field in our area, looking forward and seeing what's coming down the pipe for athletes to be able to take advantage of to try to help them maximize the performance in 2022. Welcome to another episode of the Milwaukee Sports Performance Podcast. My name is Michael Falk, and I will be hosting uh, today's episode. I do not have a guest joining me today. I am just going to be talking about some trends that I see coming in 2022 in the sports performance and rehabilitation world. These are just insights that I've gotten from being around the industry and observing the industry develop over my career so far and talking to people in the industry, what I see coming down the pipe going forward. So the first thing that I see that's going to continue to become more prevalent is more technology that's readily available. And this is something that I've seen for a while. And it's one of the reasons that as we've continued to grow and develop kinetic sports medicine, this is something that we want to be a leader in and have continued to invest in technology that gives insights to athletes and makes these insights easy to understand and readily available. What I see becoming more and more clear with this is that there is going to be more technology that is readily available and accessible and simpler and less expensive. So you have companies like Driveline Baseball uh, that are getting very advanced with what they can do um, and they're bringing that and making it more available for athletes locally. Even things as simple as phone apps, video, being able to do 3D motion analysis or really more like 2D motion analysis off of your phone, being able to do some simple jump metrics off of your phone. I think we're going to see more things like that continue to become available as there's more investment in this technology that is going to be less expensive and easier to utilize for the everyday coach or athlete. Where I think this is going to go is an analogy that Dr. Greg Rose with the Tylus Performance Institute has utilized. When we look at specifically biomechanical technology, there are really three levels. There's the private jets, there's the cars, and there's the bikes. Every city in the country or every major area, geographical area, is going to have a location that you can go and utilize a private jet. And this would be um, hubs, like a driveline baseball out in the Seattle area, like the Tylus Performance Institute out in California, but high-dollar, multi-million-dollar biomechanical labs that are still going to be the gold standard. And these labs are what everything else is being tested against, but you have to go to them. They're very expensive to utilize. They're very expensive, expensive to build, and they're very expensive to run because they need highly trained specialist biomechanists that are interpreting data, running reports. It's not something simple that you could ever do yourself or you could really easily implement without a team to support you. So there are still going to be a need for these 
high-level biomechanical labs. But what we're seeing now is we're seeing more cars and bikes. And the cars, these are things that we utilize at Kinetic. They're easier to utilize, maybe not quite as good as the best in the world, but accurate, reliable, repeatable. Our staff can use them, interpret the data in real time, and they drive intervention and change. And we do this with force plate testing. We do this with strength testing. We do this with 3D motion analysis using wearable sensor units, right? So these are not things that an individual player is going to buy and have access to and utilize, but they can be done quickly, efficiently, and much more cost-effectively than flying to uh, Seattle or California or some of these hubs of biomechanical testing. And we can use those insights to help drive rehabilitation and player development. I think you're going to continue to see more and more locations and sites start to invest in this type of technology, um, whether it's at the club level, at the private uh, clinic level, whatever the case may be. But there's more and more of these systems that are coming out. And I think it's positive because it's giving people more information. It's re uh, requiring less guesswork and it's letting us get cleaner answers for people. What I really think is going to start taking off is these bikes. And these are going to be less expensive options, not quite as accurate, not quite as reliable, but very useful on a day in and day out basis. And they're going to be at a cost that individual players can purchase and utilize on a day-to-day -day basis to track their progress. They're going to be simple wearable sensors like a pulse sensor on your elbow to track throwing workload. Um, some simple GPS type monitoring that's going to track running speed at practice and be able to track workloads. I think you're going to see uh, video apps that are giving biomechanical breakdowns. Technically, it's two-dimensional uh, information, but they're correlating them to three-dimensional three motion labs to be able to give data um, not as accurate as if you actually were censored up and getting the information but much more res readily available for players and coaches to use on a day-to-day -day basis. I think that these things are going to continue to be rolled out and they're going to give players more and more access to information to help track their development and to help make decisions on how they need to train, what they need to work on technically, um, and be able to drive their improvement through the use of the technology. And I think it's going to accelerate this year and into the future there's a lot of private equity and tech investments going into this space, and I think it will continue to get better and better over time. So that's the first thing that I think we're going to see is more technology. The next thing that I think is going to be a big focus, I think we're seeing more athletes look for outside nutrition support. So if I look at the history of the sports performance field, just in my lifetime, when I was in middle school, high school, there were almost no private sports performance training facilities. Typically, athletes would work out at their high school or they'd go get a personal trainer at a gym. At the high school, growing up in Texas, many schools did have a strength and conditioning coach, but across the country, most times it's a PE teacher, it was the football coach, there wasn't a dedicated strength and, strength and conditioning coach in the high school. If we look at the field now, just in our city around Milwaukee alone, there are so many high quality 
strength and conditioning private facilities in the area that are here employing talented strength and conditioning coaches to help athletes physically develop. Right now, many people are talking about nutrition as something that is important. And this is something that we talk about a lot with our clients that are going through rehabilitation as well. But we give very generic general guidelines that the food that you eat is important. It is better to eat less processed food than very processed food. You should eat fruits and vegetables regularly. It's important to eat enough calories, right? Simple recommendations, but we are by no means trained nutritionists. We're not giving out meal plans. We're not making supplement recommendations. Those are well outside of our training and our scope of practice. What we are seeing, though, is the development of more and more sports nutritionists that specialize in working with athletes that have the skill set to be able to give specific recommendations on protein amounts and timing of meals and helping athletes put together meal plans that fit in their busy schedule, what they should eat before and after competitions and practices for recovery and regeneration, for injury healing, and to overall enhance their performance and make sure that we're getting the most out of our workouts. The interesting thing about the sports nutrition world is it can be done relatively easy virtually. So the nutritionist that you work with or the dietitian that you work with might not have to be 15 minutes down the road. They could be a couple hours away or even potentially across the country because they're able to do things through Zoom. So I think the reason I see this taking off is we have a growing field that to me reminds me of what strength and conditioning was years ago where there's more and more science, more and more trained professionals coming out and looking to help athletes. And because of all of the COVID pandemic, everyone has gotten much more comfortable doing things online. So it's not as unfamiliar to meet with a professional, talk to them through the computer and get help that way because that's what we've been used to more and more over these past several years. Pre-COVID, it would have been much more unusual to work with people uh, through a computer. It just wasn't something we were looking to do as much. Everyone thought they needed to work with local people, go into their office, etc. I personally think that nutrition is going to become the low-hanging fruit for many, especially high school athletes. The vast majority of players are participating in some form of performance training, whether it's at their high school, at a private facility, it's incorporated into their club team workouts, whatever the case may be. It is the exception now that we're seeing players that don't do some type of performance training. I think nutrition is going to be the next wave that athletes that are looking to get an edge are going to start looking for more guidance on their nutrition and taking advantage of this growing field of professionals that are working with people and able to help them get more out of their workouts, able to help them perform better, able to help them recover better after games and practices, and trying to look for the performance edge in that field. We've interviewed several local uh, dietitians or nutritionists on the podcast, so if this is something that you're interested in looking for or looking into more, definitely scroll back through the older episodes and you can listen to some interviews from local people in our area that are diving into this world. The third thing that I think we're going to see, and it kind of goes hand in hand with what I was talking about before, I think we're going to see more cooperation. 
So the even in the three and a half, almost four years that we've been running kinetic sports medicine now, there are more and more talented private facilities with high-quality strength and conditioning coaches in the area that have popped up. There are more uh, sports nutritionists around now. There are more skill coaches that are looking to work with other professionals. I think you're going to see groups of people come together, work together to help enhance the athlete's performance. At Kinetic, this is one of our core values. It's teamwork. We really believe in, in putting a team around the athlete that all works together to help them reach their desired outcome, whether that be improving their performance on the field or court or recovering from injury and returning to high performance. I think you're going to see these private facilities and strength coaches and nutritionists and dietitians and physical therapists continue to do more working together, trying to find partnerships with local teams and skill coaches that incorporates the things that we do in the in our physical therapy office, the things that the athlete are doing in the gym, and incorporates that into their skill work at practice, where we're working together to try to maximize that athlete's development and not hinder each other as much where we work on something in physical therapy, they go to the strength conditioning facility for their workout and they do the same thing and then they go to practice and they're already fatigued and now they have a really hard practice that day. I think what we're going to see is more people that are cooperating, um, working together, developing programs and plans, communicating and trying to do more to help athletes develop. I think what's going to drive this is just the quality of professional that we have in the area, these facilities that are that are popping up with, with very talented people running them. Um, and from my perspective, interacting with many of them, more and more people have an interest in working together and trying to bridge the gap between what happens in our clinics, our gyms, our offices, and what the athlete's actually doing on the field of play um, at practice during games and trying to support the athlete for their ultimate goal, which is improve performance on the court or field. So those are three trends that I think we will see more and more of in 2022. So watch out for those and make sure that you take advantage of these opportunities that are going to be popping up to continue to try to develop and do everything that you can to accomplish your goals as it relates to improving your performance on the field or court. Thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you guys got a lot out of it and I'll see you guys on the next episode.